they say into your only life romance came once i got into the classic blues i realized Everything we're listening to today kind of stems from the root. Uh, it's rooted in that music, so I thought it was very important for me to actually go back and uh, do uh, do that music. It's just like I, when I'm teaching my students, I tell them to go to the original sources, and I say, no, you have to go back, listen to Billie Holiday, and uh, and all all the people who preceded her to actually get a flavor of where it was coming from. So I just think it's very important from a historical perspective and from a musical perspective to go back to the roots of the music and then go forward. We're leaning to sophisticated lady now. Um, <clears throat> when you listen to uh, the old blues and particularly the old jazz, you ever get the feeling that they don't write them like they used to? Oh, absolutely. That's um, one of the things that I put on my CD was some Duke Ellington because he was so prolific and so uh, complex. And I wanted to show the importance of him in the spectrum of jazz music. You know, I consider him kind of the Beethoven of jazz. And so I thought I really definitely needed him on there. And, and absolutely, no one has written anything like Duke Ellington. Smoking, drinking, never thinking of tomorrow. We're speaking with Lila Ammons, and your show at the Hook and Ladder in Minneapolis on March 8th is focused on 20s, 30s, maybe some 1940s. Now, the 20s was really a surprisingly permissive era when when it comes to gender, and it came out in the music. Absolutely, especially in the blues. There was a lot of of women who were singing very risque uh, texts um, that had these double entendres, some double entendres, some, as you said, single entendres. (laughs) There was no secret to what they were actually saying. But there was a freedom, like kind of a sexual freedom that was going on during that time, during Prohibition, and uh, people were uh, uh, singing at these rent parties, Um, and in these uh, speakeasies, and they weren't in the purview of the law. So they could pretty much do what they wanted, but it was a real free time, and and there was a lot of sexual freedom going on during that time, surprisingly. What makes you choose the song played on my piano? 
Um, first of all, that's another one of those uh, double entendre songs. Uh, play, um, you played on my piano and now you want to beat my drum. And it has also kind of a, a, a nice uh, boogie woogie um, configuration in the left hand, which I really like um, to exemplify um, that uh, piano style that then went on to big bands and swing music. They adapted it, began adapting that left-hand rhythm into swing band, and in a way, that's kind of what ha- was the demise of boogie-woogie piano playing. And I let you play my trumpet, but you really went too far. And when I wasn't looking, you strummed on my guitar. You played on my piano. Now you wanna beat my drum. You think I'm gonna let you, but baby, I ain't so dumb. Lila, in the early days of jazz, you you wouldn't be studying jazz at at the college level, but it was not really simple. It it was still at the time a sophisticated style. You couldn't um, just do anything with it. Um, there was a specific way of singing it, and there was a specific harmony that went with it. So um, though it sounds simplistic. Um, you had to really have a good sense of swing, um, obviously, or else, as I said, if you didn't have that, it would be just simple parlor music. So um, it incorporated uh, a, a real, an innate sense, um, and then there's a structured form. So yes, it was sophisticated. It was actually written, scripted music. You recorded I Love You Madly, and uh, you like this lyric. I really do, and I like the style, too. On my last CD, what I did was I have quite a spectrum of different styles of jazz that I wanted on there. I wanted to celebrate uh, from the roots um, all the way through to some more contemporary takes, um, kind of in the Robert Glasper uh, era that's kind of happening today with a little mixture of hip-hop, which I did with Thelonious Monk. But I really wanted to also make sure that I put a classic swing uh, tune, uh, simple classic swing tune on my CD. And of course, it's an Ellington tune, which I love, Ellington. In your band now, Tom West is the pianist and Jim Chenowitz on the bass and Nathan Norman on the drums. Why'd you choose these guys? Well, first of all, Tom West and I have been doing these library um, concerts called Voices of Influence. We focused on uh, the progression of singers starting from the 1920s with Ma Rainey and went all the way through to Sarah Vaughan. He's a pianist that has a wide range, and Tom can do gospel, and then he can do more contemporary, but not a lot of people can do this classic blues the way that, way that he does, so I definitely wanted Tom on this project. Um, Jim also is a very um, adaptive player, and uh, I've been with him a few times, and I've always appreciated how adaptive he is, and then Nathan also does a lot of early uh, traditional jazz himself too. He's wonderful. He lays back and knows exactly when he should come forward and when not to. So I thought Nathan was the perfect person. Love you madly, right or wrong. Sounds like the lyric of a song. But since it's so, I thought you ought to know I love you madly. Better fish up in the sea is not a theory for me, and that's for sure. Just like I said before, I love you, Melly. Lila Ammons and her trio performs old blues and jazz at the Hook and Ladder in Minneapolis this Sunday, March 8th, 
from 7 to 9 p.m. For information about the venue and the suggested donation, the web address is thehookmpls.com or jazz88.fm. This program is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Phil Nussbaum speaking.